Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. On this day in 1894, the Corsicana oil field, the first in Texas to produce oil and gas in significant quantities, was discovered. The American Well and Prospecting Company accidentally discovered the oil field while seeking a new water source for the city of Corsicana. Operator J.S. Cullinan Company opened the oil field, which is considered the first modern refinery in Texas, in 1898. During its first century of operation, the field produced about 44 million barrels of oil. Annual production peaked in 1900 at more than 839,000 barrels. Let's get into today's podcast. Despite the onset of the pandemic, 2020 was an absolutely phenomenal year for Texas housing market. Fourth quarter sales expanded after a third quarter boom, and sales ended the year ahead of 2019, which was already a record year. The Texas housing market continued that momentum despite negative pressures from both the economy and the COVID-19 pandemic. Then, winter storm Uri hit the state in mid-February, causing property damage and leaving many residents without power or heat. Was this historic snowstorm able to knock the housing market off balance? How has the reopening of the economy further impacted the market? Joshua Robertson, a senior data scientist here at the Texas Real Estate Research Center, looked at the state of the housing market in his upcoming article, Cold Comfort, Yuri Slowed New Listings, But Not Much Else. He joins us today to share his insight. Thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here again. What were the immediate impacts of winter storm Yuri on the housing market? Well, I mean, we were all uh, cooped up in our homes because... We're just waiting for things to thaw out. Um, snow was fun for a few minutes, and then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the housing market took a little bit of a break during that time. Um, so I think that was the media impacts. Activity just completely stalled for understandable reasons uh, all throughout the state. Um, but then the week afterwards, it came back with a vengeance. Maybe people, you know, while they're waiting, were looking for the next home and just pulled the trigger as soon as they could. But no, there was definitely uh, a stall out moment uh, during during that week, but it came back um, quite a bit stronger immediately afterwards. How long did those weather related impacts last? I mean, on the surface, it appears not that long. I mean, if you just want to look at sales numbers and, you know, pending contracts. So it can kind of be a little deceiving that the impact was minimal. Uh, and some some of the impacts we may not be able to sort out, you know, like damage to homes. Not every home was going to be, you know, listed for sale anyway. Um, I guess I bring that up because, you know, when Hurricane Harvey happened, there was a lag in sales. But I think some of the other damage that people think of don't really show up in quote, the housing market metrics. Um, so that can be a little bit deceiving. Um, one of the things that happened... I don't, I don't know if I want to say this is a causal relationship because of um, the winter storm, but one of the things that we've noticed is that, 
you know, up to that point, the rate of new listings was pretty comparable to prior years, which was good because we need listings to come back. Um, you know, the listing trend last year was was kind of broken. And so it was good to see that the pace of new listings in the first few weeks of the year were kind of comparable to prior years. And then you can look, and I, I have a chart in the article. Um, you can see like the exact period when the winter storm happens, the rate of new listings just kind of falls off and it hasn't really. So unlike sales, it didn't bounce back up either in the short term or so far as of right this moment. And so who's to say, I mean, maybe that's how the year was going to turn out anyways, because, you know, a lot of markets, uh, they're really running low on homes. Maybe it just accelerated it. So I don't want to say that it is the cause, but. It certainly happened around that time. Maybe it just accelerated that trend that was going to happen anyways. Um, so in terms of housing market metrics, I would say that's what we've observed so far. And how has the reopening of the economy affected the housing market so far? You know, that's that's so this past uh, past 12 months been really interesting. The relationship between the economy and housing for the most part you know, oftentimes they will kind of uh, coincide together. You know, if you have a strong job market, people will feel um, more ambitious about moving, uh, taking on new jobs. And of course, that means often, uh, you know, buying and selling houses. But, you know, the market right now is completely different. It's really been detached from traditional economic metrics. It's really had more to do with the fact that rates are basically as as, as low as it's going to get. And, of course, people's needs uh, changing considerably, you know, uh, the prospect of spending more time at home. And even though, like, people are coming back to the office now, uh, we're still trying to sort out, just as a society, what the new work uh, relationship is going to be. And I think some a lot of people are hedging their bets that they're going to be at home more often. Um, you, know, um, you know, new construction activity uh, in general is, is, is hot right now, but... You know, kind of um, what a lot of people aren't talking about, there's also a lot of uh, stiff competition for home remodeling. Uh, and that, that plays a huge factor. And so I think that's because people are, are thinking they're going to be at home <laughs> a lot more. Um, and so anyway, all that to say is that, you know, the current big demand drivers for housing have been really kind of been decoupled from the overall economic um, outlook. And part of it also, just to think about it, I mean, part of it is, you know, some people may have heard this term, kind of the K-shaped economy. Uh, there really is a big difference between kind of sentiment of renters and homeowners. Um, you know, in general, many homeowners have more financial backing to kind of weather the storm. And of course, we have, you know, government, uh, you know, money coming in. Uh, it's been a lot of stories of people, you know, there's, there's been too few goods to buy and then they get this money and yeah. what else is there to spend it on besides housing or maybe some other durable goods. So, um, but yeah, in terms of the economy opening back up, meaning the, you know, relaxing of like, you know, mask mandates or what it, COVID related restrictions, um, there hasn't really been a big bounce back contribution and the other thing that it could be is that part of this, even though if, if you're 
regulations have been relaxed. I mean, there's still a kind of a um, behavioral aspect. It's going to take time for people to kind of feel comfortable, do their thing, um, you know, get back to whatever normal. And that just may take time. I think the hopes would be um, in terms of the housing market where you might see some changes. Maybe people, again, feel more uh, ambitious to consider new jobs, move to different locations. So people who are maybe not comfortable selling their homes for whatever reason, maybe now this will be their time that things kind of get back to normal. Maybe they'll sell their homes, open up some inventory. That's the things, one of the things that we'd be looking at. But, you know, in terms of the immediate impacts, I can't really say it's, the market's already hot. It's, it hasn't gotten any hotter <laughs> since then. In 2020, Texas saw a push to the suburbs, at least for owner households. Is that trend expected to continue in 2021 and beyond? Yes and no. Um, so a lot of the current trends that we're observing, I would describe as, you know, if you're in an area, in a suburb, you know, take New Braunfels, for example. Um, that's a very popular market, suburb market. That market was already growing. And so what something like COVID did is it kind of supercharged that that trend. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I describe it. Like, you know, markets that were already high growth areas turned into really, really high growth areas. Um, and so I think in general, you know, the suburbs will continue to be the area of growth. I don't think it's going to be nearly the same pace as, as last year. I mean, we call it mean reversion. That's just a nerdy way of saying, like, it's just going to get back to something more familiar. So yes and no. I mean, um, we, we've seen this trend kind of towards the suburbs for the past decade. So, and there's no reason to believe that it's going to change, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as crazy as it is now. Um, so yes and no. As the economy continues reopening, what challenges does the housing market face? Yeah. So as the economy reopens, I, th I think, well, I think in general, um, probably, I mean, people are probably tired of me saying this, but I mean, the whole supply thing is, is really an issue. But I think you're starting to hear more um, about just uh, potential homebuyer discouragement because there, there comes a certain point where people are willing to pay more than asking price. I mean, there, there are limitations. So uh, I think that, you know, we may reach that point pretty soon where you may see things slow down just because, you know, we're just kind of, um, again, people have limitations. Um, I will address them because I, I get this question a lot, you know, are we going to have like a housing crash? And I, I think a lot of people, when they hear that term, they think of the 2007-2008 housing crash. Um, yes, we, we acknowledge that we see that, you know, home prices are just through the roof. But unlike then, um, you know, typically when you see a crash that people, you know, when people think of crashes, you have exuberant demand met by exuberant oversupply followed by a fall off in demand which then causes this downward spiral. Um, we don't have that supply. I mean, new construction is, is, you know, hot right now, but it's nowhere near the territory of 
putting us in an oversupply situation. So I think what will happen is you may have demand falter because again, you know, people can only spend so much. Um, but, uh, but all that means is that, you know, like you'll still have a good market. It's just not going to be in the ridiculous territory. Um, so I mean, that, that's certainly, you know, certainly a thing. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me as always. Thanks again, Josh. For more, see his article, Cold Comfort, Yuri Slowed New Listings, But Not Much Else. We've included a link to the article, which will be published online soon and featured in the summer 2021 issue of TG Magazine on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. If you're looking for more, browse through our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest topics include Texas First Cross-Mod Manufactured Housing Development, Quarterly Apartment and Commercial Reports, Easement Disputes, a new Trek Contract Addendum, and more. We posted a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. And that's it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website. That's www recenter.tamu.edu. There you'll find the latest data, blogs, research articles, news, and more. You can also check out the center's News Talk Texas database, which is updated daily with the biggest headlines in Texas real estate. You can also subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter, to get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Texas Real Estate Research Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. Bye.